0: There's no means follow a stranger. You know, when you, again, acquaint yourself with God's voice, it will minister to you and to others. Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Interestingly enough, in every crowd, there's two groups of people. Those that hear God, those that don't. And when those group, the group that does not hear God, then guess what? We become their ears. See, we, we, we give them what they don't have. That's truly what the body of Christ is supposed to function. The body of Christ is not supposed to be a Costco with a cross. Well, we have this department over here, and we have this department over here, and this one over here. We're the family of God. And, and what one person lacks, somebody else can help them. If you don't know about maybe a car, ask somebody in the church that does. You don't realize that there's not a lot of people here that don't know who to even ask. So we have a family, not only concerning carnal things like plumbing and cars and those kinds of things, but spiritual things as well. Hey, I got an issue going on in my life. What should I do? Well, this is what I did. I did this. I failed miserably. Don't do what I did. I got some advice for you. Do what God says and you'll you'll get your answer. Well, two groups of people. And there's always two groups of people. There always will be two groups of people. Don't get angry with the group of people that don't understand it, even if they got the name Christ on themselves. Well, I'm a Christian, but they don't understand love. They don't understand forgiveness. They don't understand we're all bozos on this bus. We're failures by nature, but God changes us and we're forgiven. And that's what unites us together. It isn't because you have a four wheel drive pickup and I have a four wheel drive pickup and we're Christians. And so let's go four wheel together. Well, I think that's nice, but that's not Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship is understanding where all sinners, saved by grace, united in Him, and whether we're walking, or whether we're driving, or whether we're bicycling, we're in the family of God. See, we've got to be careful because a lot of times we compartment, or uh, compartment I don't, I don't know if that's even a word. If it isn't, it should be. Anyway, we compartment things. Well, you're this, and you're this, and you're this, and so you get this group. Hey, we're the family of God. And I can guarantee you back in the late 60s, early 70s in the Jesus movement, nobody cared whether you were a businessman in wingtips, a three-piece suit, or whether you were, you know, a hippie in a T-shirt and a pair of shorts and flip-flops. We were there because of Jesus. We weren't there because of any other reason. No other reason. And that's what caused, I believe, the revival to happen because it moved from things carnal to things spiritual. But the church today in general is, is very carnal because this is how we identify with one another rather than in Christ in who he is. Learn to hear God's voice. It is so important because if you hear God's voice, it takes away a lot of the things that would wreck our relationship with God and with others. In other words, if I start talking and I start talking about somebody in the field of gossip and I hear God's voice saying in a very loving, kind way, shut up. Okay and you start getting that kind of ugly feeling, that's what God wants us to do, is, oh, you know, yep, and I really need to pray for that person. See, that's where we hear God's voice, and hearing God's voice is what guides us. So, Jesus said to them again, and and by the way, I like this. Okay, what do you see here? Verse 7, verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he spoke to them. So he said in verse 7, get out of here, you're stupid. No, he doesn't say that. Notice. Then Jesus said to them again, notice that. You don't get it. Let me try a different angle. I sometimes have a short fuse. Uh, it, you know, that's, it, you, I know some of you are saying, I'm not that way. Well, if you drive in this town, you're probably that way. They signal left, turn right, 45 miles an hour, which personally I think is 10 miles an hour slower than it should be. I think a lot of these laws that they made for these streets were made back when cars didn't have brakes or buggies didn't have brakes. They have brakes now, it's kind of a neat thing. You need to upgrade the speed limits because the cars are better and they will stop faster. But they go 20. And Miranda, as they go. And I get angry. And I go, why do you drive like that? I I, I use this illustration. It's true. And it happened to me and I heard God's voice on this one. I was going down Falls Avenue. I was in a hurry. The speed limit changes from 45 to 35. And this... Right in front of me, this lady pulls out this little red pickup truck, and I'm going, what? "Couldn't you have just waited a few more seconds before I got past? If you want to poke." So there I am poking. Then I, I, I'm mad. I'm, I'm, I'm just dumb, stupid drivers. I don't. They don't have a destination. That's the problem. Falls makes a dip and comes back up, and here was a cop with a radar detector hanging out. And I said, oh, God, thank you for that lady in that pickup. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And it was like God said, what changed? And, you know, I, I said, God, it, it, my perception is different than yours. You see, God put something in my life to slow me down to keep me from getting a ticket. And I know how to got one. God protects us by putting things in our way. And we we don't see it that way. I I get upset with that. I think God doesn't love me because I have something that uh, he leads me. And sometimes he slows me down by pulling Old ladies in red pickup trucks in front of me. And so Jesus said to them again, I love this. Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Isn't that great to know? He's the door. Nothing gets out, nothing gets in except by him. Wow, I am finally protected. I need that. He's the way in, the way out. By the way, if you're not a Christian listening this morning, if Jesus is not your gatekeeper, if he's not your door, who keeps you? You gotta think about that. You're allowing a lot of stuff to come in your life, should never be there. You're letting a lot of things go out of your life that should never leave. What are you doing? Who's controlling? You gotta have one. Because you don't know what tomorrow is. You don't know 20 minutes from now. So we need. A controller in our life. All who ever came before me, Jesus said, are thieves and robbers. Again, going back to that by trickery and by force. But the sheep did not hear them. Uh, Again, there's just something that doesn't ring true about it. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture wonderful. What's pasture? It's where you're fed. It's where your soul is nourished. Your finances are nourished. Everything like that. I remember uh, this one when we started years ago back in 79 in a little church on 3rd and 3rd before they renamed the streets. I think it's Fairfield and 3rd now. They tore the building down. And um, I remember this one kid got saved. In fact, he used to come to church stoned. He'd sat in the back of the church, and I'm kind of goofy when I teach anyway. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't try to be funny. I'm just funny. Um, and he'd giggle, you know. And he told me afterwards, he said, I'd, I'd smoke dope and then come in and, and listen to you teach. I guess that's one way to hear me, I guess. <laughs> but he'd giggle. And I remember he accepted the Lord one Sunday morning, and his life changed. And I remember one night, we went out after church, we went to a, I forget what it was here in town at that time, it was JB's or whatever it was, that dates me, doesn't it? And we're sitting there, and I, there, there was a lot of this, and, and I was sitting to his back, and so I was listening to their conversation. And he goes, yeah, he said, you know, I accept the Lord, and so I didn't deal drugs anymore, so then I was broke. And then I got baptized, and when I came up out of the water, my contacts washed out, and then I was blind and broke. But he says, things are better now, I got glasses and I have a job. And I thought, you know, that's true. How God changes us over, by the way, he's a pastor now of a church. I just think it's amazing how God does that. Now, he says, I'll go in and out. He'll go in and out and find pasture. It's what enriches our lives. Have you ever seen people, they smile, they curtsy, they might even have money in their pocket, but they're bankrupt. Well, that's what God fixes. Now, verse 10, Jesus said this, and this is where Jesus actually condemns religions. The thief does not come except to steal kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I like that. Jesus came to give us life and more abundantly. All the others came to take. Jesus came to give. Have you ever noticed that the cults always make you try to earn what Jesus has given you? Well, you got to get sealed in the temple, or you got to join our church, or you got to do this, or you got to do that. You got to make all that made all this criteria. And Jesus said, simply believe. Isn't that funny how they like to capitalize on the freedom that we have in Christ? I am the good shepherd, Jesus says in verse 11. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he who is a hireling and is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. What causes people to run? Well, all kinds of things. Certainly persecution can. But notice in verse 13, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. That's the bottom line. They're not his sheep. He don't care. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Now, This all has to deal, friends, with relationship. God knows you, knows me. Uh, That really brings great comfort to me in knowing that God knows what I need even before I ask, the scripture tells us. Verse 15, as the Father knows me, even so I am known, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and lay my life down for the sheep. The other sheep I have which are not of this fold, I must also bring. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now, again, we go to Acts 10 and 11. This is what this is speaking about. The Mormons use this verse and say, well, this is where Jesus came to the Americas, and thus the Book of Mormon. Well, here's the problem with that. The Book of Mormon is based upon that the Jaredites in the barges, because... God would not use a murderer like Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. The Jaredites came down. I've read Mormonism, so I know what it is. They came down. They got in barges. Their book says that the wind blew furiously and blew them over somewhere towards Louisiana, and they got out. And the American Indians are simply Jews. And this is what they believe. One major problem. DNA says they're Asians. So you have, and we have that video available if you want to check it out, DNA versus the Book of Mormon. It is the same thing which is used in courts of law to determine truth, um, uh, who the parents of the child are, all these different things, but it does not line up. Now... Again, I don't say these things to be mean to any group. I just simply tell you when we come across it, because they will show, I've had them actually show me this verse and say, this is speaking of the Book of Mormon in the Americas. No, it is speaking of Acts chapter 10 and 11, where God opened the plan of salvation, not only to the Jews, but also the Gentiles. For you that read your Bible, you'll remember where Peter saw a sheet let down from heaven, filled with all kinds of creepy crawly things and unclean animals. And God said to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord. You always know you're in trouble when you say no to God. No, Lord, I've never eaten anything like that. God showed him again, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, no, Lord, I have not eaten anything like that. The third time the sheet was let down and Peter said, no, Lord. And, and he said, what God said, what I've cleansed, don't you call uncleansed. That's why we Eat bacon, it's great. Um, the, The sheet came down. And right about that time, a group showed up of Gentiles that wanted to hear about Jesus. So Peter starts sharing with them who Jesus is, the plan of salvation. Right in the middle of Peter's sermon, these guys start praying. I can just see them nodding their head going, yes, yes, yes. And God filled them with the Holy Spirit Peter didn't know what to do. So he took the message back to Jerusalem and said, hey, right in the middle of my sermon, the Holy Spirit fell on these guys. They were believers. And you know what the Bible says? Halfway through the book of Acts, they came to the conclusion that Gentiles could be saved too. Mighty revelation. Isn't it something? Jesus spoke of this in this verse. There is more. Now remember... The Samaritan woman. And you find the others. Remember, the, a Roman came to Jesus and he said, my, my son is ill. He said, if you speak the word, he'll be healed. I, I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. You say the word, my, my child will be healed. And Jesus marveled and said, such faith I haven't seen in all of Israel. This guy was a Roman. Roman. He was a Gentile. And his child was healed. The point is, Gentiles want to believe as well. Jesus is for everybody. And so, to finish up this morning. Therefore, verse 17, my father loves me because I lay my life that I may take it again. Uh, Here you find interesting that Jesus said he raised himself from the dead, which is important. We'll get into that in a little bit later on. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. This is speaking of Jesus going to the cross and dying. And I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Verse 19, therefore there was division again among the Jews because of these things. And friends, there always will be. There always will be division. Those that believe, those that don't. We're going to close here today. We'll look more at this in John chapter 10. Of Jesus speaking to them concerning who he is and that he was the good shepherd. Friends, if you don't have a good shepherd in your life today, you have nothing protecting you. You have nothing protecting you. I I have to have protection. I, I have to have someone that watches over me. I have to have someone that guides me. And if living in this life, if there's nothing else that you will come to as you get older, you need someone to watch over you. The head of the mafia knows he needs someone to watch over him. He's got his goons out there. But they're not always going to be loyal. You, you've got what, well, I've got my friends take care of me. But how do you know your friends aren't deceived and giving you bad information? You need to go to the source. You need to go to the one that knows tomorrow. You need to go to the one that knows more about tomorrow than you remember about yesterday. That's what's going to give you what you need to live today. And friends, we live in a world today with so many variables, so many question marks. If you do not have Christ as your Savior, I would invite you this morning to repent, turn from the darkness, turn from trying to do it yourself and say, okay, God, from now on, you show me what to do. I don't know how to fix this. God does. Do you realize that nothing is broken so bad that God can't fix it? I shared that a few weeks ago. I fix a lot of things around the house. When you have kids, they do that. And my little daughter thinks I can fix anything. And she brought me her balloon that had popped. And I said, honey. And when I told her I couldn't fix it, it was like, Oh, but God can fix anything. God can fix anything. What do you need touched in your life this morning? God will fix that. He'll heal that. He'll change your perspective. And friends, I need my perspective changed. God, thank you for that lady in that pickup truck. Because I didn't see what she was protecting me from when it initially happened. And I thought God was, was in, you know, oh, God, if you really loved me, you would. You know, how we are. Well, God, if you really loved me, I'd hit that green light up there. Hits red, and then we see some guy blowing the, the light. And you go, wow. God watches over us. Friends, let God be God. He loves you. If you're not a Christian here this morning, you want to get right with God. Let's repent. Let's pray. And let's ask God. If you want to ask Christ in your life, you just repeat this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. Be the shepherd of my life. Protect me from things seen and unseen. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, starts with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. It's the way God works. They came to Jesus and said, what works, what must we do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, believe the Father has sent me. Wow. Put all your faith open, trust in him. You got it. Isn't that great to know? You just simply let God do what he wants to do. You're going to be blessed. Knowing this, all things work together for good to those who love God. We're called according to his purpose. All things. All things. Bad things. Crazy things. You commit him to God. You ask God to forgive you for the things you've done wrong. And God says, now, I will change what is ordinary into extraordinary in your life. That's the way God works. Friends, I see God do it all the time. So, letting God be God. So important. Father, as we are so grateful for what you've done for us. Thank you for all the times that you've protected us. Protected me. Kept me and held us in your arms. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here this morning that feels unloved, I pray this morning you just take your bucket of golden love and pour it all over them and let them know how much you care about them and that you will fix the problems that we have in our life. And so, Father, for each person here, may you bless them abundantly this week. Bring us into those paths, as your word says, that you lead us into paths of righteousness for your namesake. Help us hear your voice. We love you, God, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes Store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at the River Christian slash It's Time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.